Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. You're my favourite player. Decent. Hello and welcome to The Front Three. My name is Adam Boltwood. Joining me from a coffee shop in London is Lawrence McKenna. A chain store. I'm in Starbucks. Oh, it's product the placement. safest place in, uh, in West London. The safest Where everyone place? Comes. Yeah. What do you mean? Yeah. You're in some sort of trouble. You could go, well, <laughs> yeah. The, the, it turns out Seth Blatter wants my head after the things I said about him on the podcast. Yes, I'm not surprised. I've had to hide in Starbucks. <laughs> and Dave, where are you hiding out today? Oh, I'm just still hiding at a parent's house in Bournemouth. Oh, lovely. A wonderful walk on the beach this morning. Saw some waves. It was really windy. Sounds really good. Did you, uh, did you enjoy the Christmas uh, festivities, all the football going on and all this? Oh, yeah. The, well, the football's not been as good as I thought in terms it's of the top. Been amazing. It's been decent around the table. You know, the Stoke-Everton game was a highlight. But, you know, Man Liverpool, United, Chelsea. Liverpool shut in Leicester out for the first time this season. That's a pretty big achievement, Dave, especially for a backline right, made of a Lovren. <laughs> they're on the turn though they're absolutely on the turn they're going down Leicester City do you really think Dave? I mean yeah yeah, yeah they're going down Leicester they're not going down but I mean <laughs> the, the form is, is going to turn Jamie Vardy will is pretty much going to be you know, won't be scoring that many more goals let's season. talk a little bit about the Premier League now what sort of situation is there after all those Christmas games uh, the best place to start is probably as you were as you're saying there with Leicester seeing as they drew 0-0 with Man City last night uh, it means they're joint top with Arsenal but Dave, you're saying Leicester, you can't see them maintaining that this form. No, I think it's. I think it's. Just, this is the beginning of the end. I'd say losing to uh, Liverpool, drawing to City. Yeah, it's the end, Dave. He, he, beginning of the end for them. Wow, wow. <laughs> when you say the end, do you mean what do you mean, Dave? Do you mean I just like, mean that they're going to they're going to start free falling now down the league? I can just see it. I can see them not picking up um, results in certain games. I feel that people have probably figured finally figured out Jamie Vardy and Mares how to defend against them, how to. You know, limit them on the counter attack, and I think yeah, it's, it's just one of those things where I feel this is the turning point. Okay, where where do you think Leicester are going to finish, Dave? First off, concrete answer: end of the season, Leicester are going to finish seventh. Seventh. I yeah. think I'm going to go for sixth myself. I, I can't see them going below that um, because you know they've they've only drawn two in their last ten games. They've only lost one. I mean, Lawrence, where can you see Leicester finishing up then? I can see like eighth, maybe. I eighth, think there's really? going to be a you couple of teams gonna... that are going to finish above them. I, I just think, I don't, I don't think they're going to free fall. But I think um, they'll, like we said, return to the mean um, because it's just the way it is and, and in the league. I think you know we look at the size of their squad, we look at the players they can bring in. Um, you know, they they played very well against Liverpool. I thought and not, we're not unlucky to lose out, but you know, Liverpool essentially Liverpooled them. 
And then they did play a different tactic against City, which I found quite interesting. For the first time this season, they sort of diverted away from what they normally did. And some people saw that as a negative thing. Some people saw that as a positive variation from Ranieri. So, I, you know, I, 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 they're not as two-dimensional as we paint them. I think, you know, they... Excuse me. So that's actually Platini coming for me now. Um, they've, got a lot, they've got a lot more diversity to them than I think people give them credit for. You know, uh, Vardy was a huge part of the rise of the team, but there have been other great sides to that. I do think Dave's right, though. But uh, I also think just because you've worked out Vardy doesn't mean you've worked out all their sources for goals. In a way, I think you have. I think if you limit Vardy and you limit his space on the counter-attack, you're going to find this Leicester team's not going to be as um, you know creative playing. You know, the next few games, the next six games, are playing Bournemouth, Spurs, Villa, Stoke, Liverpool and Man City. Arguably, all those teams look really you know bang in form right now. Bournemouth have really turned the corner. Spurs are rocking. Villa look a lot better under Remy Gardner. They're starting to play some decent stuff. We all know about Stoke City smashing Man United on Boxing Day after beating Chelsea, then Liverpool and then away at Man City. So it just looks difficult for them. I see what you're saying. It's also them. maybe they'll get tired. I mean, uh, drink water uh, put in a really good game, but at the same time, they are beginning to look as if, you know, this is taking fatigue. its toll. There's only so long. Yeah, they yeah, have got a, a thin squad. Um, but let's talk very about fit, Arsenal, then, who are top. Um, they they had, a, I'm not going to lie, I did enjoy it. They uh, suffered a 4 0 loss to <laughs> Southampton on Boxing Day, but they've actually had a very good December. They've won four games uh, out of a possible five. So, what have you made of Arsenal then, Dave? Because Ozil is all of a sudden banging for. Oh, he's been banging for most of the season. It was really interesting in the Southampton game. They sort of went back to the old Arsenal, getting counter attack down the flanks and really being really being exposed on the break. You know, their centre halves. A number of times it was a three-on-two, you know, on Koscielny and Mertesacker, and those two just can't defend wide positions. They're not very good against, you know, defending against the break when it's going down the flanks. But it's just interesting that they did, uh, you know, the next game picking up picking up the three points. That was massive for them. That sort of the bounce back ability after suffering an absolute mauling at the hands of Southampton, who again are pretty out. You know, that that was a really weird result for them as well because they are massively out of form. Um, you know, we're seeing that. The, the Pochettino effect on Southampton is slowly fading and we'll, we'll find out that Ronald Koeman isn't actually as good a boss as Oof. he's been made out. You'll find that Pochettino, the work that he did, the pressing and all that type of stuff, that's going to start to to fade. And then we'll see the um, Ronald Koeman that was that was managing uh, Benfica and, and Valencia with, a re- with really, really good sides and really struggled. And I think that's what we'll see. I could say that he could be probably the next manager to be sacked in Jeez. the you know, coming months. Well... On Arsenal, though, where where can you see them finishing then? Because now, after that Christmas period, they've become a lot of people's favourites to win the title now. I mean, it, it, would you go along with that? I, I just can't. I can't see it because of they oh. just have that vulnerability. They have that vulnerability. So you're going for second at the end of the season? I think second, and I think the Man City will just come through. You know, the likes of Kevin Bruyne, Aguero, who's just coming back, and there's just too much fire, firepower there. And then when Vincent Company gets fit again, that is a very, very solid team. I think the thing with Arsenal is they've got most of their players back now. You know, they are missing Coquelin, they're missing Santos Cazorla, but mm. uh, Ramsey and Flamini have done a brilliant job, whereas City are missing two massive players in Vincent Company and Aguero. So it's like basically Arsenal have got their, they've got their hand down and City are still playing poker. They've still they've still got some cards that they're hiding and then when they unleash those cards, <laughs> it's, uh, it's going to be a yeah, royal flush. But surely then you could say the same for Arsenal who are hiding their hand through injuries, etc, etc. They've then, got a much bigger hand essentially to pull from. 
And what we're seeing now is that the analysis of Arsenal, while people were talking about the, the small size of squad and uh, that people were injured, etc., and that therefore the hook that would um, hinder them, we've, we've got the lowest points total to be top of the league at this point. Uh, I think maybe even in Premier League history. Is, is that the case? Um, and then it means at the end of the season, you may not need more than 80 points to actually win the league. Now, that's obviously going to favour City and Arsenal because those guys are already top and, and uh, further ahead of the others. But personally, I think when Arsenal get some more of their people back, and if they do choose to invest in maybe a DM in January, then they've got a goalkeeper, that, they've got a record-breaking goalkeeper at the back and a back line, which is getting better because of the way they were playing so together. are you saying first, Lawrence? Are you going to go out there and say, Arsenal are going to win the league? I say, I'll say my, Arsenal are my favourites to win the league at the moment. Yeah. I would agree but with I, you because I, I, of what you said there players come back from injury and also because Wenger came out today and said it's going to be a very busy January and I'm expecting them to, to make that push because this is a... This you is know what that means? That means they'll miss they'll out on serve, five, yeah, five targets. Spend. And he goes, well, I was busy. Sweet. I was no, very I think, busy missing out on people. Sorry. But this is the perfect opportunity for, for Arsenal to win the league. I know we, we, we said something similar last year, but no team looks like they almost want to win it. So if Arsenal don't do it now, they should be, I mean... I also think this almost feels like, uh, you know, if we're going to write the narrative, then it's that, um, you know, Arsene Wenger wins in his final season at Arsenal, chooses to step down and, you know, there's more narrative to go there, I think. You know, I also think he'll he'll probably feel that this team is a, a much better time to take over than, uh, say, a few seasons ago. And, you know, I spoke to a United fan today and they were saying, you know, but yeah, but uh, so we all thought Sir Alex left their club in rude health. Um, and I, but I do think that Arsenal are a very different kind of health to any other club in the Premier League because of the way that Arsene Wenger is frugally managed at times, but also sort of managed to bring through certain players and also managed to keep their books balanced. Well, my prediction is first for Arsenal. Um, pains me to say it. Manchester City, I think, are going to finish second. Dave, I mean, would you would you agree with that? Nah, City top, Arsenal second. I just oh, can't yeah, see it. It's, yeah. it's just one of those things. By a lot, though, Dave. By a lot. No, no, exactly. It's going to be very close. You know, you you did mention that a team could win the Premier League with with just 80 points. You know, we're halfway through the season. Arsenal on 39 points with joint with Leicester, obviously. And that's that's halfway through the campaign. It's ridiculous. But then what you're going to see with that is that the natural thing to happen in the second half of the season is the good teams to absolutely start obliterating the smaller sides. We've seen it being very, very competitive first half of the season. So there's going to be a natural, you know, regression again to the big teams smashing the small teams, and then the small teams sort of doing even worse I, than they are doing. I do wonder though, who we're going to see invest big time in January? Because I think a lot of clubs realise that if they stay up this season, then the goal has ultimately been this season just stay up. You know, people are talking about mid-table obscurity, but mid-table obscurity this season gets you a lot more than you would have thought last season because of the cash. So I think a lot of people are going to think: Do we invest? Do we speculate to accumulate? essentially in uh, January and come the end of the season because yeah, Leicester are pretty much safe now. I'd imagine they're going to look at whether they can invest at some point come the end of the season. They're going to want to keep this momentum going and not let that fade. Um, I wonder whether certain teams will go out there and invest to stay in the league and that will mean that the diversity of the league and that the, the overall narrative is not the same and we might mm. see somewhat of an aberration of a season. Well, let's talk about the real deal. Dave Spurs, the only team to win their three games over the Christmas <laughs> period. Uh, 2 0 two nil against Southampton, 3 0 against Norwich, and then 2 1 against Watford with a bit of a last minute goal there from uh, from Hyungmin Son. Um, a bit of a last minute goal there. I just, I, I, when I saw it, I couldn't believe how he'd done it. Uh, and to nutmeg Gomez as well was uh, a little bit cheeky. But. Uh, well, board, borderline offside, right? When, when the first yes. cross came in. No, definitely. But um, I'm not going to complain. So, uh, 
what, what have you made of Spurs then, Dave? I mean, where do you think they're going to finish? I'm going to go for third myself. Yeah, no, I think I think that as well. I think third. Harry Kane is unbelievable. Absolutely banging form. Had a little bit of a null uh, period at the start of the season, didn't he? But now he's scoring goals for fun. Broke Teddy Sheringham's record of the most goals in a calendar year. He scored 27 goals in 2015, Harry Kane. And he just looks really raw again. It looks like you get the ball to Kane and something will happen. Um, his finishing looks really good. I'd love this finish. I think it was when you were at home um, against, was it Norwich? Um, and he got played out wide. Well, Deli Ali played the ball to him. Spurs yeah, and he still banged it in the corner. Yeah, that, that finish was absolutely unreal. You know, the angle was so mm. tight. But I think that's what Harry Kane, his strengths are, finding the bottom corners. Mm. Whether he's outside the area, whether he's inside the area, whatever the angle. He seems to have like some sort of like laser sighting to, to hit yeah. it in the bottom, bottom corner. Ridiculous it's finishing. Ridiculous, isn't it? Really good finish. So you, you're going to go with third. Um, Lawrence, yeah. would, you, would you agree with third for Spurs? I mean, I, I, I almost feel it's too much to say because I'm, you know, I'm a little bit worried about being too optimistic. But it's right. good at the moment. They've only lost one in the last 10 games. Yeah, but I mean, weren't we talking about that uh, that run and how that, uh, you know, there's a lot of draws in that run, isn't there? Yeah, so Spurs yeah, are joint. So. They, they've lost the least amount of games in the league joint with Leicester, but they've also drawn the most, the most amount uh, of games. Yeah, yeah. joint with uh, with Everton, I think. So, so it's, I, th- I think there that's probably uh, an indication of the, the direction that Leicester are moving in. Mm. Uh, I still don't think it means third for them. Uh, I it, it, a lot of this is also dependent on whether United keep or change their manager, I think. Well, let's talk yeah. about United, then we'll move on to United. Dave, there, without a win in six Premier League games, um, bit of a uh, tough Christmas period. 2 1 lost to Norwich, of course, 2 0 lost to Stoke, uh, and that 0 0 draw uh, to Chelsea. Um, what are your thoughts after that Christmas period, then? Well, it doesn't matter, Adam, because we went out and we attacked and we scored. You know, we scored goals, but the opponent scored more goals than us. It's just one of those things. You know, if I could say that, I'd be happy. But at the moment, <laughs> yeah. this, this United team is atrocious. Like, did, you, did you watch them? Was... <laughs> Absolutely rubbish. It's just frustrating to watch against Chelsea. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was. Yeah, first half an hour when you're getting Martial yeah. involved in the game, you're getting the ball to him. If, if they, United uh, played, I think, it was 19 passes to him in the first 25 minutes. And United looked really good. Martial's attacking players. And then the next 20 minutes after that, they only found them eight times. It's just one of those things where this system, this formation, or whatever the style of play, they're not getting the best out of the players inside that system. And it's just too, it's so square in the final third. It just goes wide and then it gets crossed into the box. Is that literally all they work on in training when they get to the final third? You know, playing the ball wide, crossing it in and overloading players in the box. You know, we might as well get a target man. Might as well go and buy Andy Carroll um, in January or something stupid like that. It's just... We we lack a pl- we lack like um, times in the game where we're sitting outside the opponent's box with say two central midfielders sort of playing the ball square to each other and then looking for a through ball, looking for a running behind. It's just so so boring to watch. It's so it's frustrating. Just, what, what, what are your thoughts on the future of Van Hal then? Because today there's reports coming out that you know he's been offered a way out of United. Um, Danny Blind, the Holland head coach, said he could do have assistance with the national team, and there has been talk that you know Van Hal uh, was thinking about resigning over the past fortnight only to be persuaded by Ed Woodward not to um, so do you think he, he's going to be there for much longer if he can turn it around obviously he, he might stick around but it doesn't look like he can I think again it's not going away from that point you know whether I'd like LVG there or not you know his style of football at the moment's awful the players aren't performing the players are the ones that are hiding at the moment they are hiding the, the level of performance of the likes of Juan Mata at the moment obviously Wayne Rooney uh, Bastian Schweinsteiger had a half decent game for the first half an hour, but they're not the levels that those these players that are in quotation marks world class. It's absolutely rubbish. You know they wouldn't get into 
half of the teams in the top four at the moment. I just think that without United having a clear plan of what who they want next, whether they want Mourinho or they mm. want Guardiola, they need to they need to speak to Guardiola right now and they need to say, right, right now, are you going to be at Manchester <laughs> United next? Do you want to be at Manchester United next season? Because if it he's does. not there, then there's no point in keeping Louis van Gaal and we might as well go for Mourinho. That's the, that's the situation that they've got to evaluate and they've got to find out whether if you keep going for Guardiola, there's no point of sacking Van Gaal. But if you're not going for Guardiola, there's no point in keeping Van Gaal. That's Interesting. Just, literally, that's the situation. And the top four is looking in danger at the moment. I mean, what's what's your current prediction for their finish? Because I'm thinking fifth or sixth now. I'm not reckon, sure they're going to make that. I reckon that. they'll sneak in. They'll sneak in the Oof. four. They'll, they'll, they'll go for a spell last season. I think it was when we played Spurs. I'm, I was lucky enough to go to that game where they really changed and we went on a run of winning six in, six on the bounce, you know, beating Man City 4-2 of another fantastic performance from United. But it feels like, again, with the, the, Chelsea, the performance against Chelsea, the players were up for it. But then the game before that, they just they looked like they didn't care. They looked like they couldn't be bothered. Like, they, you, you know, turn up, oh, we'll beat these guys. We don't need to work harder than Stoke. And they got outworked. They got outfought. And that is the biggest thing for Manchester United. You're playing for the club of Manchester United. And if you don't want to play for them, if you don't want to put the F in, you don't want to make the tackles, you don't want to work hard, then you might as well bugger off, to be oh, quite honest. You might, as well, you might as well get out of here and, and go and play for, you know, a flat Bilbao or something like that, or, or Valencia. Or, you know, it's just so frustrating watching them right now. Yeah. Um, even then, though, you sort of think, uh, especially with United, it is a case of perception. Um, and you know, a, a great thing for Sir Alex was that he was really good at changing the perception of the players and getting them to play, basically believing uh, in, in the team. And I don't think that necessarily the players look like they play with a lot of belief in the side or the system, or a lot of belief yeah. or confidence in themselves. Because goes, you know, well, within that system, it, basically they, they they don't seem to understand it. Don't get it at all. And I think that's the biggest thing, you know, did again, going back to that tweet that I got absolutely slammed for, Lou Van Howell is destroying young players' confidence. And it's so bloody, it's so relevant now with all the players, it's not even young players anymore, but the play, the confidence of, of any of the attackers or any of the players at the moment, it's just completely shot. But then they've got to look inside themselves and they've got to get their balls, they get their cojones and they've got to start playing football because if they don't, then there's no point in them being there. I, I'd scrap a lot of them at the moment. The, the first, apart from Martial, apart from Morgan Schneidlin, probably get rid of a lot of them you know Chris Smalling again to maybe keep him and David Ayer but then the rest oh, of the players they just don't care and they, it, that's the thing that frustrates me the most it doesn't look like they care it doesn't look like they want to win for the manager I don't care who the manager is you've got to play for Manchester mm. United for first and foremost um, Lawrence quickly before we move on to those other sort of candidates in the, in the top 10 um, what, what is your prediction for Man United's finish top 4 or just below that if, if Louis goes then I'll say uh, top 4 if he stays uh, you know I'll wow. say 5th or 6th I like it bold um so let's talk about those other sort of teams floating around the top 10 all quite bunched up all within a few points of each other crystal palace are currently fifth dave uh, they haven't lost a game in their last six three wins in that run um over christmas uh, 2-1 win over stoke nil uh, nil at bournemouth and nil nil to swansea um palace looking very good this season under Pardew. zaha and balassi impressing but do you think they can maintain this sort of form and finish in the top sort of five six seven um, I don't know if I can see top four, five, six, seven because I think that when they come up against the you know the larger teams in the second half of the season, I think they will come a little bit unstuck. You know, the next few games they're playing Chelsea, then they're going away to Aston Villa, who I've already mentioned look a lot better. You know, and then they're playing City, then Tottenham. I feel that it might turn for Palace. You know, they've done very well. They've, they've got the points that they've needed to get. But Pardew is one of those managers where he'll. They'll perform for six games and they'll be rubbish for six games and they'll perform for six games and they'll be rubbish for six games. It's just the nature of Alan Pardew's men, you know, management and that type of thing. But you know, the the, the telling the really interesting thing to me, you know, Bamford cut his um 
his loan there short. Bamford was a player that absolutely smashed the championship up last season. And whenever I've seen Palace, I've thought that they're, they're you know, the players that play behind the striker, you know, the likes of Zaha, uh, Balassi, and then Jason Punchin, they've looked really good. But then all, the centre forward, whether it be um, the fellow that used to play at Ipswich, who I can't think of his name right now or whoever, it just didn't seem like they, the striker was performing. Whereas they had a player of um, Patrick Bamford's quality, who I think he's a very good player, and they just didn't play him. A bit of a shame for Pardew, but... They've got Kabai. They'll they'll do all right. They'll finish in the top half of the league 100%. They'll be fine. But I feel that their, their form might slip up um, soon. Connor Wickham was the name I was searching for. Apologies, chaps. <laughs> Lawrence, talk to me. Uh, let's talk a little bit about Liverpool then. Obviously, your team. Yeah, right. um, Christmas. Players of a similar level. Teams of a similar level. Two draw of West Brom. 3-0 loss to Watford, of course. They did win against Leicester 1-0 at home. And they've got Sunderland tonight if they do win that game uh, they'll be up to potentially seventh in the table uh, level on points for Manchester United yeah so Absolutely. what are you making a Liverpool at the moment what are your sort of hopes and expectations of where they can um, finish I think, I think a lot of people see the seeds of uh, progress at Liverpool in the way that they pick out certain roles for players they're uh, expectantly looking towards January for one or two players to come in they've already signed I think it's Grealish uh, from Red Star uh, with, with kind of a season long loan there for him and then he'll come in come the end of the season so there's sort of a statement of intent of the kind of players that Klopp's looking to bring in I think I might signal the end for a couple of Liverpool players and that's kind of the worry between now and the end of the season is if a lot of people are thinking about well where am I going to go next and my part of Klopp's plans how many of them are going to be pulling for the Liverpool cause and looking to pull for the overall system uh, and I think it was the Redman TV that essentially said uh, was speaking about the idea that this is a really long pre-season for Jurgen Klopp and, uh, you know, whilst we're seeing very positive things, doesn't mean that Liverpool are going to be able to achieve if there's going to be so much transition at the club. I think that's a, a slight excuse in there because, you know, losing to players like teams like Watford and uh, getting taken apart by players like Igalo and um, Dini is perfectly fine in the short term, but they have to fix those problems in the long term. Mm. Um, so it, so it's basically top, a case top of what, a bit what's like, a bit of an ask this season. He needs time um, to bring in his foot. But you know what? I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know because the quality of the players and the intelligence is clearly there. It's the application um, and getting over some of the problems that were maybe uh, latent from a previous manager yeah. and also sort of Ooh. working out what culture Liverpool want to employ from here and essentially getting over the hangover um, that Liverpool thought they had. Because I think there was a bit of a, um, almost inertia at Liverpool that Klopp's having to take out of the team and that, that's been a real problem because essentially Liverpool have they sort of slept, slept over the last few years because you know after they lost out in the league people sort of went well you know we, we know they were good enough in that time but are they good enough now and a lot of players I don't think necessarily believe that they were um, so it's paying a lot of lip service and I think Klopp's slowly trying to change that What's your prediction for their finish then? What position? I'd say fourth or fifth uh, you know yeah, I think fifth. an outside uh, I think an outside hope Optimistic is, uh, I like it They've um, got an outside hope Dave Lawrence was talking there about Watford, um, obviously lost to Spurs at home 2-1, but before that went on a very impressive run, four wins in a row against Villa, Norwich, uh, Sunderland and Liverpool, drawing at Chelsea as well. Um, on 29 points, level with the likes of Stoke and West Ham and the other two teams around there, I mean, who, who, who do you think is going to finish highest out of West Ham, Watford and Stoke? Because Stoke as well looked very impressive over the Christmas period. Yeah, I'm going to say Stoke. Um, I think Watford have been really good. Kiki Sanchez Flores has been absolutely excellent since he's come in. They play a very good style. I think we've spoke about that in the last podcast. Agarlo still banging mm. the goals in. Mm. Dini still being a massive threat. You know, he absolutely destroyed Lucas against Liverpool. Um, but I feel Stoke against Manchester United, it was an absolutely fantastic performance. They 
uh, tore United apart on the counter-attack. Uh, you know, Anelcevic, I think, is a real key player for them. You know, he's the player that runs in behind, so stretches the defence, and Anelcevic is running behind, and it opens up the space for the likes of uh, Bo- Bojan and um, Shakiri to really sort of get involved and that type of thing. We started to see Shakiri score some goals, start hitting a bit of form. So, yeah, I think that Stoke with Mark Hughes, obviously, Mark Hughes is a manager that's uh, they've been linked with United, been linked with Chelsea of late, but I feel that he's a mid-table manager, similar to Brendan, Brendan Rodgers. These teams, like your Stokes, like your... Um, sort of your palaces. He fits these clubs really well. And I think that they are playing a good style of football. They've, they've still got that sort of Stoke aggression in them. You know, the likes of Shawcross coming back from injury. I think that's massive in terms of the ability to keep clean sheets in the Premier League. And then Jack Butland, Premier League goalkeeper of the season for me so far. So Phil they'll be above. And Watford, uh, sorry, West Ham, they're going to continue their slide. Obviously, picks up a win against Southampton. But the slide is coming. The slide they, is still they, there. They had actually won a game in their last uh, eight before that, I yep. think. So... Um... Yeah, it's, it's interesting if they can turn it around from here. But yeah, that's the sort of the stats of the Premier League table at the moment. Very a lot of teams sort of bunched around that sort of fifth to, to tenth position. So it's what about Stoke? Stoke are a fascinating side this season. Oh yeah, the they're, saying they're, they're, they're playing very yeah. well. Yeah, um, I mean, uh, talk about the perception of Stoke um, and the way that we see them and the way that we sort of perceive them being, uh, you know, a certain kind of side. Stoke alone, then, isn't that? The, that's what I was saying over Christmas. They've all of a sudden. Well, I mean, uh, you'd argue that uh, then where can you know are Stoke in as good a position as a number of other sides considering the amount of money that's going to come in coming in this oh, yeah, season? Oh yeah, well, it's, it's so interesting. You think about like Anatovic, Shakiri, and Bojan. They should be playing for like top European sides. You know, like I talk about like teams like Schalke. You know, come fourth in the league, Valencia maybe, or um, maybe go to Italy. Talk about Roma or something like that. But then these players are playing at Stoke City. It's just incredible. The money in the Premier League is incredible. It's an incredible thing, and it's it's good for the league. Obviously, we're seeing a well, top, yeah, we, top, top, you know, top caliber of player, and it's it's just good to see. And that that finish from Shakiri, though, was think, it a chip? Did he mean it? Of course, yes. he did. Did he? I think he did. I think he definitely. Yeah. I, mean, I know we're being disparaging about Stoke to some extent. You know, people talk well. about Stoke. I, I don't necessarily think the players live within the boundaries of the city. Um, you know, in the same <laughs> way that Liverpool players, Manchester United players, yeah. don't necessarily live within the bounds of the city. Um, so I think, you know, the Midlands is a more attractive prospect. And certainly Stoke have benefited from the likes of Aston Villa and those guys falling away. Do you think then, Dave, so we're talking about how this is one of the most unpredictable Premier League seasons ever where anyone could beat anyone? You're talking there about how... I think the... it's predictable if you use the right, if you use the right uh, metrics, though. In terms you know, of, I, I think, well, I mean, you know, I think a lot of people were sort of careful about what was happening with Liverpool and Watford and those kind of things, and people were sort of like, well, you know, Liverpool, they're going to play this and play that. I think, you know, if you match the tactics up of the managers, yeah. then very often you can actually come out with a with a, a correct prediction. But it tends to be that our perception of the last few seasons was that there was the good teams and the bad teams or teams that could be beaten if you played yes. them with your style. Now it's much more about the fitting of the tactics and the way that the two fit together. Um, and I think there's become a, a bit more, there's a bit of a transition and there'll become more awareness of the way that teams tactically fit together. I wonder how many managers are going to try and go back to, you know, almost work towards the Barcelona-esque style uh, of, you know, uh, this is our system and this is our philosophy that we're going to work towards this. I think a lot of people are caught up in the short term of not being, it, it, it's, it's almost like, um, how to describe this in a simple way, look, we're either playing our philosophy or we're playing badly. And I think that's the perception at the moment is that people think if you're not playing your philosophy, then you're playing badly. And some people, for that reason, criticised Leicester the other night when they played against City. They said, oh, you know, Leicester have reverted away from that 4-4-2. You know, that's terrible for them. Uh, to some extent, I think that's a good thing. 
because it shows the the tactical side. Maybe that's a, a bad example, but I think you know uh, these games are more predictable. It's just that we don't use the right metrics to predict. But do you think that uh, you're talking there tactically, Lawrence? I mean, Dave, what about what you sort of mentioned there about those players? We see this money flowed into Premier League, the likes of Stoke buying Shakiri, who you're sort of saying maybe you'd expect to be a different team. You know, West Ham signed Dimitri Payet. We had Everton signing Lukaku a few seasons ago for 25 million. Has that contributed to this this league where it does seem more so than ever that anyone can be anyone? Yeah, I think so as well. But I do feel the top the top sides just haven't really been performing in terms as of... As well as the top sides not being very good. <laughs> yeah, I think it's, it's kind of like both. But then we we have seen a, an influx of very, very good managers into the Premier League. Kiko Sanchez-Flores, Jürgen Klopp have come in. You know, Alexa Pardew's not That's coming in, but just evolving himself. And, mm. uh, and then Mark Hughes, we spoke about him as well. Martinez... Finally got his sort Let's of... Let's not forget um, Poch. Let's not forget Poch. Poch, exactly. I think that's what we're finding, that um, the Premier League sort of looked at as this league that's very fast-paced, tactically very unaware. But the more managers that we come in, this more, this, you know, the further foreign input of, of managers in the Premier League is just going to be better for the league. It's going to hopefully improve our uh, ability to compete in Europe with the league being more competitive, I think. But then again, uh, it's difficult because the likes of Bayern Munich come March, they've won the league already. They don't need to play their sort of best 11 against mm. the likes of, uh, let's say, Cologne or, or a Mainz. They can just go out, stroll out, and they'll probably pick up the win. But then, for example, if, if if City get, I probably think they will get the furthest in the Champions League this season. If they have to play a, a you know really important game against Bayern Munich, then mm. Saturday they've got to play Crystal Palace. That is a big ask. You know well, what I mean? It's, it's I like saw one of those that things. That... There was, there was really, on that point, there was an interesting interview with uh, Jurgen Klopp over Christmas. It might have been Football Focus or Match of Day or something like that. And he was basically saying, he was pointing again to the winter break and he was yep. sort of saying if England never has a winter break that you're never going to be able to both for the national team and in the Champions League as you're sort of saying you're almost never going to be able to compete with the likes of Bayern Munich who like you say they can, they can rest players where they've already won the league in March but also uh, their team's been rested over this period where we're playing what three, four games within a, a week long period I completely think that we should be bringing in a winter break but I imagine Lawrence has got a big, big input on this. I can that's cool, pretty easy and angry. No, no, I, no. All I'm saying is, I think there's, there's more to it than uh, break or no break. You know, maybe we don't need to schedule four games mm. over that time. You know, just keep them normally spread out over that time. It, not only do England, I, I, not only do England choose not to have the break, but then they choose to schedule a lot of games within the time that other people have a break. Ah, so it makes it a more challenging league. You'd say there's other positives to it. It makes it a more marketable thing. It means that more people are watching the Premier League around the world because during a drought of other people's football, people are coming to the Premier League. So in the long run, it might it might seem very prudent. Um, you know, fitting in and conforming isn't always the best thing. And I think, you know, we was, see progress as, uh, you know, moving towards a homogeneity of, of football to some extent. But we've seen this year that that doesn't always work. I just thought it was interesting to see Jurgen Klopp come out. and say, Obviously, as someone who's worked in the Bundesliga, a complete outsider to come in and his first, you know, sort of observation is, my God, you guys are crazy to play these many games in a week. And yeah. it's just an interesting point for But anyway, look, that wraps up. Um, the, the Premier League chat as it were I think I went for Arsenal Lawrence went for Arsenal to win uh, Dave's gone for Man City at this sort of halfway point um, top four I think I'd said Arsenal uh, Man City Spurs and fourth I think uh, I think Man United are going to creep in I think <laughs> I think Man United will creep in because I don't, I don't think Louis Van Gaal is going to be there for much longer, essentially. And as Lawrence said, if they do change the manager... Hey, they... guys, I've already got my scarf. 
Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. They were selling. I've already got, they, I've already they got were selling them. <laughs> and not only that, I've already, I've already got my piece of A4 paper ready to write oh. Mourinho out, Mourinho in. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> uh, who, who's your top four, Lawrence? I think you'd said Arsenal. You say it was Jose Mourinho. Um, <laughs> Spurs. I, I think it, <laughs> Jose Mourinho, Mauricio Pochettino. Um, I'm going to say Arsenal, City, um, Spurs. United, okay, Liverpool, same. you missed out. Same, uh, and Dave, you went for Man City, Arsenal, Tottenham. Who did you go for in fourth? Are you going to say United that? are going to sneak in. Wow, okay. So there you have it, guys. Uh, let us know your predictions for the Premier League winners in the top four in the, on Twitter, at the front three. And uh, now we're going to move on to the talking point, which is going to be team of the year and some end of year awards. Right, so super simple. Team of the year first up. We'll move on once we've all agreed on who belongs in each position. Uh, we're playing, I believe, we're going for a little bit of a 4 3 3. Seeing as we sort of should have a front three, it sort of makes sense, right? Next year we might be playing a 4 4 2. I think it's becoming uh, trendy. We, we, we cannot do that because it, we are the front three. So it needs to be a front three no matter what. So, yeah, but you could play front three. You could play four four two with a diamond, and technically we'd still be a front three well, because of that. Uh, let's start. So let's start then in goal. Okay, Simon Minnelli for goal most goal Premier League clean sheets in twenty fifteen. <laughs> Thank you. Next, let's the most about... errors since two thousand. <laughs> yeah. The start of the 2013-14 season in the Premier League, Lawrence. Yes, Sorry, Dave. Mate. Yes, Dave. Let's but, start with you know every goalkeeper is a seesaw, so. Right, Let's start okay. with the, the, the obvious nominees. We've got Manuel Neuer, who is probably the best goalkeeper in the world. But in terms of this year, we've also got David De Gea, who's been exceptional for Manchester United, Dave. Yeah, I'd, I'd say so. When I looked into it last season, it was something like 19 points that he'd saved United from just making saves. That obviously turned in the game state. So, you know, you're going from a draw to a win or or a, a loss to a draw. It was just crucial. You know, the game against Liverpool, the game against Arsenal, they made like... I think they made eight saves in both of those games, and and that was they were good saves. You know, if you remember the Sterling cream through on goal, one on one, he's just become an absolute beast. He's doing it again one, this season as one well. Against Arsenal was pretty ridiculous as well. Yeah, that was a joke of a save. You know, one against Lukaku um, last season against Everton as well. And then recently, he's been making some fantastic saves. You know, against Chelsea, it was three or four mm. stops that were a joke. Uh, the save against Pedro, and then to get up and make a, a brilliant save for Aspil Equator from about three yards out. Yeah, for me, I'd, I'd say David De Gea. Wow. Um, we've also got the likes of Mark andre Testergen, Barcelona, Claudio Bravo, uh, obviously Gianluigi Buffon, uh, Juventus game. The, the I'm going to make the case for him. I think he, okay, you know, he went to the Champions League final. I think he played at a team that's actually won something this year and I think he's a critical part of them winning something. Uh, I think that uh, at times... Uh, David De Gea's status at Manchester United and as the most uh, cuffeted goalkeeper does boost somewhat the way that we perceive him um, and I, you know I, I just think we should go for a goalkeeper that's actually won something this year You see I, I'm going to disagree then again and say that Buffon yeah he was, he was part of a team that had a very very solid defence in front of him Barzagli, Bonucci, Chiellini then Licksteiner and Patrice Evra that is an absolute beastly backfire Manchester United and he, and playing he was with players yeah, but he was part of that. But the thing with De Gea is that he's had to make so many saves to get United out of trouble because the defenders, you know, small and shown quality this season and the end of last season. But then the rest of them, you know, Daly Blind's got a mistake in him. 
whoever's playing left back, right back, whether it's Young, Damian, or whatever, all no big mistakes. And I think that's the where De Gea sort of steps up a bit because he's been so well, good. Or, or could you counter that by saying that that's actually where Buffon steps up and makes his back line into a unit and is, uh, and is having his time because he's worked as part of that unit for a number of years and that's beginning to pay off now. Whereas actually, when David De Gea was asked to step up, he chose to leave Manchester United and tried to force the remove. Oh, and Manchester so, United were forced mm, to try and keep cool. him. So You're there's a big counter points. there to say the intangibles of Buffon being a leader, those kind of things, will take him one step further and have taken Juventus a step further. Whereas those intangibles, which will come to the fore for David De Gea in the next few years, have not come through yet also, because of the team he's in. We I'm going to throw it. out there, just before we go on, okay. if Buffon was in the Man United team, he wouldn't have made as many crucial saves as no, David nobody, De Gea. No, but he's not, Dave. No, but he's not. But at the same time, could you say that if uh, you know, you're talking about other goalkeepers making mistakes, those kind of things, you could say that's down to the back line that sits in front of them and the positioning of those sorts of things. So I think there's a number of different factors. And I just think overall, we can't not acknowledge that Buffon's actually won something. We should also, about, we should say though, Manuel Neuer, Winning the Bundesliga as well. That's a hat-trick yeah. of German championships. He, he, he got the record for 20 clean sheets uh, in a Bundesliga season as well, uh, which is pretty impressive. That's a good point. Um, but he, did he make it to a Champions League final? No. no. So, I'm, I'm, I think Dave makes a very good point about how crucial David Hay has actually been. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Yeah, but you can but think they, about that. Think Lawrence about makes a good point about, yeah, Lawrence makes a good point about actually winning something the tangible. You see, the, the if we could fine. merge Test Ter Stegen and Claudio Bravo together, obviously one of them played the yeah. champion, you know, Ter Stegen played the Champions League and was brilliant in there, best mm. goalkeeper in the Champions League. And then Bravo was the best goalkeeper in La Liga, you know, record clean sheets in La Liga. We could merge those two together as a, Claudio Stegen, yeah, we'd have the keeper, but unfortunately, they... or, Te- or Te Bravo. Um, Te Bravo. That's quite a good name, that Te Bravo. Okay, right. I'm gonna. I think we're gonna all we'll have to agree on one. Here. I think. I think Lawrence maybe just convinced me of Buffon. I think you know that sixth good mm. of his career, fourth in a row, captaining Juventus to the final. A game uh, of two halves, and Lawrence big... is one nil up. That's all I'm saying. Oh, <laughs> I would have gone for a game, a game of three halves with Dave. I would have gone for Neuer myself, but I think he's a bit of an obvious choice. So I, I, I like that you, you both went for different can, choices. Can I say I don't get when people say, and I, I found this when I was making the football daily team of the year. Uh, I, don't go and watch it; it's, it's better here. Um, but the uh, someone someone kept saying that's too obvious. And I was like, yeah, the yeah, reason it's too the obvious best. is because he's, he's so good. Yeah, yeah, exactly. you've done, Sorry, mate, you're not on the team here. You did too well. Yeah, you, so uh, you, did, you don't mate. deserve to make it. Yeah, you would yeah. say that about like, Messi, would you? Like, oh, Messi's obviously in the team. 
So we can't put him in because it's too obvious. Messi is in the team. Uh, I guess so. I guess what I guess what the point that they're making there is that actually there's more nuance to it. And uh, you know, if, if if you want to make a more interesting uh, piece of content, you'll probably pass over Messi and Neuer and those guys and, and talk <laughs> well, about some more. <laughs> you know, talk about some other uh, players. No, because we went for Buffon. You know, Dave go was going for the obvious. I was going for the more nuanced one because uh, you know, I work at a sports stats. <laughs> you're, you're a hipster, mate. You're a bloody hipster. You are, Lawrence. Let's, let's go. Let's do the left backs then. There's a few options. Um, we've got obviously. David Alaba, we've got uh, Alba for Barcelona, and uh, Dave's putting it as Piliqueta. I'm saying Alaba, I'm saying Alaba. Um, it's hard it's to just, overlook Alaba. It's hard to overlook him, especially when he's qualified for the Euros with Austria, yes. yeah, uh, the roles he's played in there, yeah. all those kind of things, and, and his tactical versatility, the fact that he can be used as somewhat of a utility player, people keep asking us questions about it. and not only that, he's bloody Austrian. Right, let's, and, he's, and let's that just goal, put him straight that goal against. Arsenal as well. That wow. goal. Oof. That that goal. That, well, that goal, though, bro. Let's put him straight in then, um, and let's go over to the right, the right back. Um, Dani Alves. Seven season at Barcelona. It's almost too obvious, isn't it, Adam? It's too obvious, almost. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that he, he was the right back in the, in the treble winning team. Um, Lichtsteiner, you could argue maybe Juventus, but I think Alves has got has won it hands down. He was absolutely brilliant. Right. Season. Let's put Alves in there now. Centre backs is where things get a little bit more tricky. Uh, again, you've got the likes of PK Mascherano. That treble is pretty uh, convincing to include them in the team. But you've also got the likes of Koscielny, Dave, Thiago Silva, Jerome Boateng, uh, Benucci, Benucci, Chiellini. I mean, who's your who's your preferred? Uh, centre-back pairing there? I'd probably go with PK and Jerome Boateng okay. together. Even though you know Jerome Boateng suffered badly at the hands of Messi at the World Cup, didn't he? Fell down that hole. Oh, was that? No, that was a for Bayern, wasn't it? Oh. <laughs> he, fell down. he didn't oh! literally fall down the hole, though. He fell down the hole. No, I think Jerome Boateng this season, he's looked so, so good for Bayern Munich. He's give, he gives them an extra option to go long to Lewandowski. We've seen a few goals this season where he's just pinged like 30-yard balls against um, Russia Dortmund, you know, the big game in Germany. Two of his passes for two of the buying, two of the buying goals were unreal. That's why I think with PK's aggression, his anger, he looks he looks angry again. It looks like someone's wound him up again. So I think PK Boateng for me is just beatable. Um, PK, I think I'd agree with um, Lawrence. Is there anyone you want to chug into the mix? It's a hard one, isn't it? It um, is, yeah. Because actually, also, you know, I mean, we're overlooking two people who've won Liga, but that's probably the reason we're not putting them in there because they've won mm. Liga. Um, uh, could you put Ramos in there? I feel, well, I Ramos feel like has if had you, too much of an up and down year, hasn't he? It's yeah, been like consistent. That. His character doesn't seem to be one that fits in with sides. And PK and uh, whoever else you want to put alongside him, you'd imagine they, they're they're pretty solid characters. Mm. I think um, that you're, you're arguing for Buffon. Like obviously, Sergio Ramos is a world class defender, incredible player. But that yeah. argument you make about Buffon is sort of you know about what they've achieved. He hasn't achieved a great deal. His team hasn't achieved a great deal in, in, in 2015, so it's difficult to include him, as good as he is. Um, uh, so we all agree on PK, right? We all yeah. agree on PK. Uh, uh, we, we can't. There's a load of people we can discount. We cannot, we cannot say company. We cannot say Hummels. We cannot say Thiago Silva. We cannot yeah. say Chiellini. We cannot say John Terry. I don't know, we can't say Chiellini. Chiellini could be the one. Yeah, because the they got... What about Godin? Can we say Godin? No, he doesn't. Yeah. Hasn't yeah, Godin, though, again, didn't right. have a great... Hasn't had a great Lawrence, you've no. got to decide this. Is Chiellini or Boateng? Fine, I'll go Chiellini because I... Ooh. Oh, you know what? Wait a minute. You know what? Wait a minute. Have we got a Hello. German representation in that back line? Because we've got Buffon there. We've got Alaba. 
Uh, you know what? Oh, yeah, uh, literally ooh, we've got to think about chemistry here, guys. Um, <laughs> Boateng. Boateng speaks English. Boateng. He speaks English. I mean, the Glasgow Yeah, Listen, Britain first. Yeah. Let's move on to. We'll sort of have two central midfielders and one attacking midfielder. Um, central midfielders. I can't believe you didn't say Vertonghen, by the way, Adam. I'm a little bit disappointed in you. Well, I think oh. Vertonghen is. You know, a very good player. I mean, it, it, what you say is it, it almost goes without saying, Vertonghen, yeah, exactly. it? He, it's almost I mean, too obvious. Yeah, in many ways. Alderweireld. Centre midfield. I oh, know we've chosen. We've got to go with Jerome Pote. Uh, Centre midfield, we're looking at the likes of Vidal, Busquets, Rakitic, Pogba, Perlo. Guys, sorry. I've been doing a bit of research. I want to put my another name back forward for centre-back. Oh, hello. You, yeah. You, we've cemented the positions. You can't no, sorry, mate. Before. Sorry, mate. But this guy has been influential in world football, not just fucking, you know, your local shitty teams. Franz Beckenbauer. Guys, <laughs> he this year has said a lot of interesting things. Can I put Franz Beckenbauer in our team the year? Um, no. You can make him... What, what position does he have at Bayern? Director of football or something? I you think can, it's... Yeah, I think it's... Uh, you can make it's mostly the, deluded old man, but I, you know... You can make him the deluded old man of the team if you want. He's sort of, <laughs> you can make weird comments every now and then. Okay. Um, but midfield. Listen, we've got the likes of... Easy. We don't even need to ask this question. Dave, wh what name am I thinking? One, two, three... I think Sergio Busquets is yeah, is, is he a dead cert to get in this yeah, team? Hundred percent. Um, we've He's also like got. Of course he is. Of course Sergio, he is. Sergio Busquets. Okay, so then we've got Vidal, who won the Copa Italia, got to that final, won the Scudetto with Juventus. Now impressing it by Munich. Um, he could be Vidal, in, is it, Could I put forward? And I know this probably won't be favourable again. Verratti. Verratti is, a, is again, I think we've got a certain bias against League 1, uh, um, which makes it difficult to... Yeah, there's a reason why. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Popper as well achieved the, the, the same as uh, Vidal. You've also got Rakitic on that treble. Oh, my God. Um, it's difficult. Iniesta as well. But he could Rakitic be more gets overlooked too often, I feel. Yeah. He just does get overlooked, doesn't he? It's not fair. If we've, if we've got Busquets, I'm going to say that we cannot put in Rakitic as well. I want to change up a little bit. Too many Barcelona players. Um, so I think we're looking at the likes of either Vidal or Pogba or Verratti. Well, we could drop Iniesta from attacking midfield to central midfield. But again, another Barcelona player. Um, yeah, but they've been pretty good, all right? I know. They have. <laughs> Guys, I'm only saying it. Ozil. Attacking midfield, though. We could put him in attacking midfield. Can we um, put him in attacking midfield? Or have we got someone else who has to fit into that attacking midfield? Uh, well, De Bruyne, Iniesta. Um, yeah, okay, fair enough. Yeah, yeah, all right. Uh, I, d I just thought, you know, could he could he drop back a little bit? Could he dictate play for him? You know, Vid and even Vidal, then, other outside shots like Santi Gazzola, people like that. Vidal, Busquets, Iniesta. Tell me I'm wrong. Yeah, all right, fair enough. Well, what about I mean, Mezzet? Who Mezzet Ozil? Yeah, Mesut see, Ozil. that's what I was thinking, is do we go Fantastic, Busquets, Vidal, Ozil? No, you've got to have any yes to have Ozil. I'm yeah. sorry. Okay. Let's, so, let's hey, yeah, we're Ozil, doing Vidal, Busquets, and Yester. Right now. Right, Ozil now, is left, another level this season. Come left on. wing. Ozil 20 assists in the Premier League in 2015. That's beaten the record set by Thierry Omri in the... Uh, but you're on. telling me you'd rather have Ozil in your team over any yes to No, no, I think uh, we go with Iniesta, Busquets, and Ozil. My God, man. No, that is, no, no, that is a dirty central midfield. No, no, no. we've got to have Vidal in there. We need Vidal in there. Yeah, we're going Vidal Busquets here. I'm sorry, right? Left wing. <coughs> sorry, um, guys, we're obviously mental. looking at Cristiano Ronaldo, top scorer 
2015 with 55 goals. We've also got Neymar, of course, who's been sensational. Alexis Sanchez, Eden Hazard, his former season sort of almost ruled him out from this uh, position, I'd say. So we're looking at Ronaldo, Neymar, or Sanchez. I don't think you can put in Ronaldo because although he has been exceptional in goal-scoring terms, again, the lack of achievement for Real Madrid compared to the likes of Neymar, whose goals and assists and contributions have actually helped win a treble. Again, he has had a movie. So and he's had a good movie. Um, I'm going to suggest Neymar. Is anyone disagreeing yeah. with me? I think Neymar should be the man. 11 goals in the Champions League this season, joint top scorer. I think he's really he's moved on. I think the crucial thing as well, when Messi was injured, he was still, you know, he basically took the creative um, input of Lionel Messi does have on this Barcelona team and he took it on those shoulders and he was absolutely brilliant. Uh, created the most chances in La Liga, completed the most take-ons. Um, you know, most assists, top goal scorer. It's, it, he's, he's pretty just been, bloody decent. He's isn't been he? pretty um, decent. Right wing, <laughs> we've got Messi or Mares. Um, I'm tempted to put in Mares. We said we can't have any more than one player in each section, so we can't put Messi forward. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, we, no we, we, we just so chucked Iniesta and Busquets in yeah. midfield. We've, we've, we've I, overruled. I, I, I don't agree. I, I just they think you know. Who, they did. They so did. You're, you're, you're telling me you'd rather put Mares over Messi on that rally, or I, shift I, well, over yeah, Sanchez? But you, but you can't. You can't just say just that. I mean, uh, what if you had an adaptable front line and you? I mean, Suarez might, might deserve to get mentioned there. Mm. Um, and then also, oof, I mean, what about the likes of David Silva? Not this year. Not this, uh, year. Yeah, not this year, Lawrence. Not this year. Not this year. What about? I think it's the obvious choice, Kingsley Lawrence. Coman. It's the obvious choice. There's a, there's a lot of Barcelona players in there, but it's the right choice. I think it you know right that. Choice. I think you know that deep down. What about Costa? Costa. You know, well, let's let's right. Here's here's a little bit of a debate because Messi will we'll chuck him on the right wing, but striker. That's where we've probably got Suarez, who is that obvious one. But maybe we shouldn't put him in if we've got Neymar and Messi, as good as Suarez has been. Robert Lewandowski. You've got, got Bob, big Bob Lewandowski. You've got Pierre-Emerick <laughs> Aubameyang. You've got Harry Kane in there. You've got Gonzalo Higuain, who's been fantastic for Napoli, um, especially this season. <sighs> That's tough. I think it comes down to as good as Harry Kane, Higuain and Aubameyang have been. Aubameyang's really come to life in this season, over the course of the year, Lewandowski and Suarez. Lewandowski See, being the Euro 2016 qualifiers top scorer. I'm throwing a hand grenade in here right now, Adam. Oh, shit. Abemiang has scored more goals than Suarez and Higuain and Harry Kane in two, and Lewandowski in 2015. And that's 29 a, goals. That is why Dave is here, Lawrence. Do you yeah, think, but, 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 right. The achievement aspect What's he of it. The achievement aspect of it. What's he won? What's he won, Dave? He's won life. No. Good point, Dave. <laughs> no, really good point. Uh, I think because we've got so many Barcelona like players it's, it's in It's disingenuous here, to put in uh, Aubameyang in that team. What about Bob? Yeah, uh, it's got to be big Bob, then, isn't it, right? I do think I do think it has to be Lewandowski five because it's actually five goals, nine minutes. What an incredible! I mean, you know, anyone oh. who witnessed that on TV in real life saw something that you know very few strikers in the world can do, and such a varied, you know, the, the determination, just the number of things. I just felt like I was a little kid at Christmas. I got I. I started laughing, like excited laughing when he was banging those goals and it was really, really hard. <laughs> Probably my... Let's <laughs> We're going to go on to the moments of 2015, but that was mine. We'll it was come just on so to that, mate. It was odd. It was so really listen, odd. That is going to complete 
our team of the year. I think Bob is a great choice for the striker. So we've got Gianluigi Buffon in goal. We've got David Alaba the left back. We've got Danny Alves right back. We went for PK and Boateng, I believe, in centre-back. We sort of had a, a little change of heart from Chiellini. We went for Vidal and Busquets as the central midfielders. Iniesta just slightly ahead of them in attacking midfield. We've got Neymar on the left wing, Messi on the right wing, and big Bob Lewandowski up front. I think that is a pretty special team of the year. Um, now we move on to the other awards for the year. First off, player of the year. It's obviously got to be someone who we picked for that team. Um, and I don't think, it is the obvious answer, but I don't think you can look past Lionel Messi, unfortunately. Maybe Neymar um, would, would be a very close second. Neymar. Neymar is the player of the year. Or Mawar? The combination of all three of them in one Nessie. Uh Nessie. <laughs> can, what about, can you fit in Suarez? Nay, uh, yeah, I, I think I've done this. Well, um, I think it works as um, Nayresi. Nayresi. Oh, yeah. Or Nayresi. Can we? Messres. Why don't we bend the rules and put Nayresi? in there. Nemesres. You happy yeah, with Nemesres, Dave? Hashtag, hashtag, no, it's going to be Lionel Messi. Oh, he's, he's, he's broken the rules. <laughs> Lionel sorry, Messi. Um, yeah. It's hard to look past him. I, I, I can't disagree there. I think he's been absolutely sensational. Um, so, yeah, Messi. Other players, I mean, there's a, it's sad to see Cristiano Ronaldo have what he's currently going through because, oh. you know, that the politics is destroying a lot of good careers mm. at uh, Real Madrid again and people are becoming casualties of Florentino Perez's... Still, um, yeah, somehow he still managed yeah. to score. I love how bad, well, bad year for Ronaldo is still <laughs> being the top goal scorer in the world with 55 goals. But... Um, <laughs> Yeah, I'd, I'd killed her badly. What I love is that we talk about the records, Ruyando, all those other kind of things, but, uh, you know, it, there's the human side to it as well, which I think mm. is very good. I imagine Messi has exactly the same side, but we don't talk about how, you know, as a professional, you also have to pull in the same direction as everyone else. Uh, and, you know, I know that Messi had that in the previous year, the, the problems with the, the head coach. Um, and essentially, they turned it round within this year. And that's yeah. another reason why Messi maybe deserves to get that. Um. Yeah, it's hard to Even though allegedly he was a bit of a dick to Luis Enrique, but you know, <laughs> is that so? I don't, you know, I mean, I think if you flex your political muscle, sometimes maybe he believes he's right. Uh, I think the things have levelled out a little bit now, but I'm a bit disappointed with both of them to some extent. Maybe he felt he knew better than Enrique, but you know, we'll see. Um, okay, maybe, we'll maybe his camp with a dick. I don't think it's necessarily Messi, but you know, the people around him. Let's go for Messi then. So he, he scored 43 goals in the Liga, uh, twice in the Copa del Rey final, uh, first man to win the UEFA Best Player in Europe award twice, favourite to win the Ballon d'Or as well in January. Um, I mean, it's, it's, Whoa, it's Adam, essentially a Adam, celebration of the year. In 2015, how many goals did he score? Apparently he scored 43. Uh, 43? He, he's, apparently he scored 51 goals in total. Um, the stats I'm looking at are saying he, he struck 43 goals in La Liga. Scored 33 goals in the Liga, according to my master spreadsheet of doom. Now, this might so, be... The, the UEFA website might be doing a little thing where it includes a little bit of 2014 statistics, is what I think it's doing. Mugging so, you off Dave, there, bud. I, Dave, I would trust you over <laughs> UEFA any day of the week. Uh, so we'll, we'll Thanks, go mate. Um, right, so... What's happened with them, eh? Bloody hell. <laughs> yeah, yeah <laughs> you can't blame me. Um, manager of the year, and I think you mentioned in there, Luis Enrique is the obvious uh, choice. With having won the treble, it's hard to argue against that. But you've also got the likes of Pep Guardiola. Yeah. 
Uh, you've obviously got people impressing in the Premier League. Claudio Ranieri, of course, this season. Could you say Arsene Wenger? <laughs> Who? Arsene Wenger? Yeah. Um, I mean, you could. You, you I think could, we'll look back in the future candidate. and we'll sort of go, you know what? That man kept that club stable for such a long time. Yeah. And sort of kept In a very impressive way. In a very, yeah, in a, in a way that we don't acknowledge. Mm. I, I was thinking about you. What was I thinking? Um, I think... We don't know, Adam. That, uh, the, <laughs> the opinions of people and the opinions of... Uh, I think Wenger mentioned this, that they're not almost rooted in uh, fact, that opinion and fact changes. So uh, the, the thing I was thinking about was... Obviously Although he, facts he, change. Yeah, he basically decided not to sign Seth Fabregas, right? And Arsenal fans gave him absolute pelters. And they were like, you know, some Arsenal fans were saying they'd rather have Fabregas over Ozil, sell Ozil, get Fabregas in. And now Wenger looks look like... a little bit silly. Yeah, do you know what I mean? It's, it's interesting how you, you use that yeah, stick... Yeah, but then that might change again. Exactly, you know? yeah, yeah. I mean, That's what yeah. I think is interesting, that you'd use that stick to beat him with, not signing Fabregas. Uh, maybe. I think the... that alluded to the wider point that you haven't signed anyone, mate, apart from Ben's check. Yeah, interesting. Um, and Fabregas would have been the, the, the cream on top of the, another level of signings. And, you know, somebody might turn that around and say, well, now you have to sign a lot of people in January because well, you, yeah, you potentially. I mean, didn't it, sign anyone in the summer. So. Um, but manager of the year, is anyone going to disagree with uh, Luis Enrique? Has anyone got any suggestions? There's a shout out to Jorge Sampolo, Pauli, sorry, you know, the lad from Chile. Oh, yeah. Yes. Chile manager, you know, it's a great achievement. Emre, the uh, Sevilla manager, uh, did very well for Sevilla, won the Europa League. Uh, you know, you've got to argue about the potch, though, Adam. You know, he's bringing this wonderful style of football to the Spurs, lads. I think he's done a sensational job, and I can't believe... Pitch it to me. I can't believe he's only been there since, I believe, it was May 2014, to have transformed this team into to, to what it is now is incredible. Which, which but, manager, though, uh, won by the most goals this season in, in the league? In any league, I hope I'm right here. How's it been? Uh, I'm, I'm intrigued. Pep Guardiola. Is it Pep? What was the biggest? What's the most amount of goals that Pep Guardiola's team has scored this year? Oh mate, you have to. Did, you have to give... did they score eight, or did Rafa Benitez <laughs> get the most goals? That's oh, in a I'm single saying. game. <laughs> in a single game. That's what I'm saying, Dave. All right. All right, okay, mate. Take your stats. Oh, you mean ten? Ten, pal. They yeah, they scored ten, two. but again, nine men, nine men, mate. Eight, uh, oh, yeah, an yeah. eight nil margin. So he's he's had two eight nil margins in a year. That's what I'm saying. Um, right, let's let's decide on one then. I'm going to say Enrique. As good as Pochettino has been, I think he is going to be the manager of the year next year, maybe the year after. For, for, Luke, for, LVG for, for Spurs. LVG. Yeah, um, right, let's. Mourinho. Enrique. Mourinho. Let's say yeah, on Enrique. 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 It's right. got to be Enrique, hasn't it? Um, Highlight of 2015. For me, without a doubt, it was Lionel Messi not making James Milner in the UEFA Champions League and seeing Pep Guardiola's uh, amazed reaction. He sort of held his hand, held it, held his head in his hand. He couldn't believe what he was seeing. And I thought it was incredible that uh, obviously Messi is the best player in the world, but to reduce uh, his former manager and uh, uh, current Bayern Munich manager to that sort of reaction, almost a like childlike, I thought was absolutely hilarious. That, that was my favourite moment of the year. Uh, on the pitch yes on the pitch uh, Lawrence have you got any nominations on off the pitch on the pitch uh, I'm, I'm surprised you didn't pick Eric Lamella's Rabona 
Adam. No, come on now. That's, that's, oh, come that's on, that was silly. a pretty good moment on the pitch. What about FIFA, the downfall of FIFA? May. FIFA, okay, in May FIFA, was FIFA I'll put the downfall of FIFA forward because um, I think it alludes to bigger world, world issues. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, uh, the realisation of many world problems, the inequality of the structures that we currently have. Um, uh, the, the worry would be that the reason people brought down FIFA was because, and some people put this argument forward, it's very, very interesting that they're saying because the structure was no longer serving the people who set up the structure, those people themselves tried to bring it down. So when uh, certain people lost the World Cup, uh, they thought, well, shit, we have to look into this because people have been bought off. And ultimately, those people may fall down in their own uh, investigation because we may have found that Germany paid to get to the very top. Uh, and other people who are at the very top of the game also put money into illegal places. So it's not just the new guys coming in, you know, the guys who are winning for the World Cup in 2022 or Russia, the people who uh, we originally think of as, um, you know, the bad guys in inverted commas. It's also the people who we maybe think of uh, as the good guys, not necessarily us, but portray themselves as the good guys. So we're just seeing a crumbling of the overall structures of world football. And I wonder where that's going to take us. And I think we'll see this year is the beginning of the end of the original structure of world football and the start of something else which maybe sees the inclusion of a more diverse set of people than just the white guys that normally run football. Yes, uh, as enjoyable as Messi's nutmeg was, I'm happy to throw him a lot behind uh, what is probably uh, the most seismic sort of change in football uh, this year and certainly in the, maybe the last 10 years, 20 years. David, yeah. what are you sort of going for? Yeah, I think it's definitely the FIFA moment. Other moments I've thought were brilliant. Lewandowski, five goals in nine minutes. was absolutely fantastic. Although, as a as a United fan, I didn't enjoy it. Chat shit and getting banged. Breaking <laughs> Ruud van Nistelrooy's record. Oh, yeah, it's a pretty good thing. You know, Jamie Vardy, rags to riches story. Having said that, that, that is also the year then that we back a guy. It, not only rags to riches, but, you know, rags to racism to riches. Yes, exactly, yeah. via so, racism. It was a bit um, of a weapon. Right, let's go for the, the, the sort of downfall of FIFA, which kicked off in May with all those uh, arrests made at that hotel. Um, goal of the year. Um, oh, guys, part of that also, though, is also uh, the money in the air that was thrown over um, oh. thrown over Blatter. Do you oh, remember that, that, that image? Was, oh, was that yeah, this that year? Was that was a good image. Yes. Uh, and I know that will be... Is a comedian? Is he still alive? Has he been taken to prison? In... I think he... I don't know he's a, if he's a comedian, Dave. I think he's a man who does funny things. I wouldn't describe him as a comedian. <laughs> Um, you know, can we also can we, should we also say, and I think this will be good for Dave, is the return of four four two, or the return of oh, uh, yeah. the excitement of four four two, and two guys up front in the Premier League. It's and also two guys up front for Barcelona. I mean, that's a great thing, isn't it? I'd say so. Yeah, tactics have, have moved on this year. I'd say they've evolved. Also, the injection of money into the Premier League and how you know that all that extra money is taking the league a step further. Um, and obviously Leicester City. Leicester City oh, started the year in 20th place, left it in, well, it would have been first. Yeah, but joint top. Joint top, but second, essentially. Yeah, they got um, right, goal of the year. Um, Messi has obviously got a few uh, nominees himself. One against Bilbao, where he sort of dribbled around three or four players, banged it into the, the, the bottom right-hand corner, bottom left-hand corner, I should say. Uh, Messi again against uh, Bayern Munich in the Champions League. Absolutely embarrassing, Jerome Boateng and chipping it into the goal. You've got Florenzi's incredible goal, Roma. It's almost from the halfway line, banging it in from uh, an impossible distance. Any other nominees? Don't say the Rabona by Eric Romano. Jack Wilshire versus Norwich. Was that this year? I think that was this year, right? Or was that? I think that might have been the end of last year. Maybe. 
Oh, it might have been November, actually. Yeah, I'm tempted to say it was uh, against... I think... It was Norwich, definitely. Yeah, but I, I think, think... it might have been last year. I think that was... A, 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 you know what, Dave? I'm going to surprise you here. Are you talking about the Tiki Taka girl? Yes. Yeah, that was, that was 2013. 13, yeah. You're joking? It was yeah. October 2013. Dave, hang up the call, Dave. You're not welcome <laughs> So, uh, <laughs> Dave wanted to include a goal from two years ago. I uh, like that, is, that is the best goal. It was an incredible uh, goal, to be fair. Lewandowski's fourth against... Um, Against Wolfsburg in his incredible run of run to the five-time champion was unbelievable. Okay. What was uh, your fa- do you have a favourite vine of the year? Um, I have. I've got some favourite fan channel rants. Well, oh, no. Yeah. Well, that's not actually one of the categories. Like, oh, is it not? What okay. about goal well, though? What's your, no, what's your, what's your uh, suggestion for goal? For goal, I'm going to go with uh, Lionel Messi and the Bayern Munich goal. Uh, you know, the carbon copy of his other goals, basically. Uh, classic I'm, I'm Messi. I'm happy to on that. Great goal. Um, or Dave... that Norwich goal. I mean, that Norwich goal was a great goal. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, that wait, that goal. was two years ago. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, that was two years ago. I really like that goal uh, that Maradona scored. Uh, he dribbled <laughs> around the whole England team. And, and that one where, was, yeah, and then the handball so one. That was a pretty good one yeah, this year. I can't believe there's so many great goals scored this year. It's incredible. This year? Um, I mean, what we should say is how many goals, uh, the best goal that was vined this year. I mean, that was uh, a good... Probably the, the messy one. Because uh, there was, as Dave sort of mentioned earlier, there was a lot of good photoshops of Jerome Burting falling into a hole in the ground and all this sort of stuff. So uh, I, I did enjoy that very much. Uh, I'm going to go for Messi then. Messi against... Yeah, Messi. Uh, uh, against Bayern Munich, that was an incredible moment to watch. How about signing of the year? I like that. Who's been the best signing of 2015? Um, so either in January, in the January window, or in the summer. Um, Anthony Martial. His impact has sort of died down in the last ten games. Um, who are the big signings this summer? I can't even remember who they were now. Um, there weren't that many big moves this year. I mean, not not in the seismic way uh, that we've seen in previous years. I mean, Di Maria moved to PSG, but he's not, you know... Mm. He's, he's, he's started doing very well, has he not? They started, yeah. well. started assisting goals and stuff, but forget about him, though. <laughs> yeah, we, we don't talk about him. Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, Could you say... I mean, yeah, there's the whole... San, uh, Sanchez didn't really sign this. Um, Vidal Pedro, Bayern, Yeah, goal. Pedro to Chelsea. Nah, it's not worked out, has it? Silly Pedro went to a team after playing possession football for his whole career to go into a team that plays in the break. Silly, silly boy. <laughs> I've got a suggestion. Um, Deli Alley, we signed him in January. Ooh, Did you really? Ooh he's there. come full circle. That's not uh, bad. Yeah. Signed him in January, letting him back to MK Dons, got him back in the summer, obviously, and he's been pretty sensational. Um, there's no other 2015 big Kevin, Kevin De Bruyne, De Bruyne yeah, no, is, right. Kevin De Bruyne has been very good. He's performing at that level, right? But Raheem Sterling, Raheem Sterling's mm, been good, but not great, not outstanding. Jurgen As, Klopp. Well, that's a good suggestion. Ooh. Now that is a signing and a coup for Liverpool. Mm, I'm going to suggest Deli Ali. I think I think we'll go with Deli Ali. Yeah. I think okay. we should go with Deli Ali. Let's go with Deli Ali um, and see what the whole think. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure they would be able to give us some better suggestions. Um, but how about uh, worst signing of the year? Now I hate me... doing this kind of thing. It's so negative. I know, I know. But when did um, Mario Balotelli join Liverpool? Now? 
I can't remember. Yeah, I think it was the summer, the end of the summer, wasn't it? Yeah, not, the, not this year. So oh, technically, yeah. Adam, you can disappointing. Yeah, <laughs> very disappointing. Um, that's, I don't know if there, I mean, Pedro hasn't exactly worked out with Chelsea so far, but it feels harsh to sort of label someone. What about Juan Cuadrado? He came in in January in Chelsea, uh, and in terms of his badge signing for Chelsea, didn't yeah. really work out. It's thirty-four million, wasn't it? Or thirty-three? So it was a lot of money, boy. Chelsea's fault why it didn't work, I think. Yeah, of course, but I'm, I'm not saying he's a bad player. Yeah, I'm just yeah. saying that in terms of the worst deal. What about Wilfred Boney to City? Because I've got a lot of mates that support City. They absolutely hate Boney. Do they? Yeah, they're not a fan at all. You know, you see him, see him take the penalty at the end of the game um, before they played Leicester City and missed it, obviously. And then I just think that it's a man with low confidence right now and it's just not worked out for him the move. How about Memphis, Dave? <laughs> Hey mate, you better back off. Right. <laughs> no, no, no. We're all, we need a, we need a, something down your throat, and that is Roberto Firmino. We need, ooh. Nah, man. Robert, I think that, I think <laughs> that's, that's forty-one billion he, he, euro. He was injured for an, uh, first part, and then he came back and had some absolutely cracking performances. So I think it would be weird if you went uh, went Firmino. It's it would seem what about harsh. Danny He's been rubbish, right? He hasn't played for a few few months. Warrant? He hasn't. Who? Danny Ings. Danny Ings has been injured as well, Dave. <laughs> God, he's rubbish. Um, Dave, Dave, you're so harsh. Dave, uh, you are so fucking harsh, Dave. What about... Yeah, a, what about, about Bastian Schweinsteiger, Schweinsteiger, Yeah, Matteo Darmian. As we record this guy, guys, Ronaldo has just missed a penalty. Just saying. Ronaldo. Just saying. Um, I've, I, Ronaldo just missed. I mean, you've got... Newcastle made a few sort of dodgy-ish signings over the summer. Uh, I feel like it. I feel like it's a bad one because uh, I don't know. I feel like there have been a lot of good signings, a, a lot of sort of level signings this year. What about so what about Babarama? He was twenty-one. He's hardly played, but you can't really say. He's, he's nah, a bit harsh. Bit harsh. This yeah. bit of the podcast is getting boring now, guys. Trying to find negative things to say is just boring. Twenty-six right, is all about positive. Say, okay, let's, go, let's go. Patrick Bamford's loan move to Chelsea because through his player development and where he was as a footballer, should Palace. have gone back to Borough. I'm yeah, going to say. I'm going to say Radamel Falcao to Chelsea because they knew. It oh yeah, let's do that. That's don't easy. Know, don't know why they did that. Um, right, I want to end on the quote of the year. That's what I want to end on. Chat shit, get back. Oh, I mean, I, that wasn't even in my list. That's so good. It's hard to... Uh, <laughs> I don't know if I should even bother ringing it. No, you know what? Let's go I don't actually know back. what it means because I, he was saying it about... I think he was saying it about people who... The problem is it came from a source did. which no one likes and also uh, it came from a source which uh, was saying it about stupid things. So it's like chat shit, get back. Essentially what he was saying was if you say rubbish then um, you'll get banged. And you're like, well, yeah, but what's rubbish? Good I mean, question. What is rubbish? I mean, I think that's why it's such a good quote, because it can mean anything to anyone. I mean, it could mean something different to me as it does to you, Lawrence. I think that's the... the it's such a mystery, and yet yeah, it's defined the year in many ways, and people love it. So it's difficult to, to argue against it. Um, quote of the year, chat shit, get banged. Love it. Um, that wraps up the podcast for today. That was uh, that was good. We picked the team of the year. <laughs> Even if you do say so, what was your per- what was your personal highlight of uh, footballing? Personal highlight. Um, my personal footballing highlight was uh, doing the front three. 
talking about football every week. Yeah, that was a good one, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's not yeah. bad. Yeah, it was a bit. We did start it this year, you know that, right? Exactly. So that's what I'm saying. I haven't started I that. I do think some, there have been uh, a lot of a lot of this highlight. is the year of the beginning of football podcasts. I think. Oh yeah, yeah. There's a few big players oh. jumping in. I think uh, I quite enjoyed I, when I couldn't say uh, Roberto Martinez. That was pretty funny. Oh yeah, Roberto <laughs> Mantini. That was a pretty yeah, Martini. Yeah, Martini. Yeah, it was in a bad place then. Oh right. Anyway, Your mouth listen. Was in a bad place. <laughs> Go on Twitter right now. Type in at the front three. Let us know your teams of the year. Let us know your players, your quotes, your managers, all that good stuff. We want to hear it. Uh, until then, until next time, we're going to be back on Saturday uh, with, a, with, a, with the Q&A pod as always. Lawrence, where can the good people find you? Lost Cast, L-O-Z-C-A-S-T. And of course, in Starbucks in Kensington. Lovely. And Dave? Um, at Squawker Dave, S Q U A W K A D A V E. Lovely, Jutbertly. You can find me on Twitter at Adam Boltwood on YouTube at the Football Republic until Saturday. That's Dude. a good point. We bloody started a channel. This, well, you did. We just well, got involved, but it was good. Yeah. That's a good point, Adam. That should be your personal highlight. I don't uh, understand. Yeah, but my personal highlight is the, the front three because did it on our own. What is your boss going to say? Your boss is going to, I mean, if I was your boss, you know, and he is a great guy, I know, thanks for employing me, he, I'd be furious, Adam. Oh, no. Absolutely no, listen, furious. Listen, that's the <laughs> Definitely my highlight way. of the no, I'd the, say the, that the, if, if you don't go to your desk like, on, on Monday morning and it says chat shit, get sacked, get sacked. I'm going to be really disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, listen, the Football Republic is incredible, but it's in ours, health. mate. It's ours. We started that ourselves out of nothing. And look where we are now. Hey, uh, oh, uh, for, that, for that point, then we should actually say, what our, what's your aim in 2016, surely? Um, to make this the number one podcast on iTunes. All no, I want to see is this the number to one To be honest, so, Lawrence, I'm going to undercut you there and say that that's not my aim. Because oh, okay. right. it doesn't matter right. massively to me if we're number one. It just matters that we do a really good podcast and that we're happy that's with that's it. That's a good point. And that the people yeah. enjoy listening to it. And if you're out there listening to it and you, you enjoy that podcast... Then pay us money, is what I'd say. Give us all your money. That is enough for me. I love it when people tweet us and they say things like, how come this podcast is so good? That is more uh, important to me than being number one, for example. No, it's really really the money for me, Adam. So if you could just sort of give me the... No, (laughs) I'll I'll cut you the check. Obviously. That is a really good... Yeah, we enjoy enjoy doing the podcast. We enjoy the fact that people enjoy listening to it. And that's the most important thing. It is how many... I found so many intelligent people listen to this podcast this year. Yeah. I, I don't I mean I'm not just sort of blowing smoke. There have been a lot of people who put in the best questions. Mm. So, the questions um, we get are ridiculous. Um, yeah. And you can look forward to us answering them on Saturday. Uh, so until then, uh, do go changing because change is an important part of personal growth. And, uh, see you in 2016. <laughs> Goodbye. See ya. This is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.